This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Butt Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Uh, welcome back to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into Aria 5 of A Clash of Kings. And later we will be discussing a pretty cool raven. So stick around for that. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's definitely something. It's definitely a theory I don't think we've really ever talked about. Yeah, nothing I've considered. And so I was really glad someone brought this to to my uh, attention. So yeah, we, we will get there. Uh, make sure into the show. Stick around for that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Sir Matt, uh, how you doing? I mean, are, are you warm over there? Are you cold? Yeah, What's man, going on? it is cold. God, you know, it's this room I recorded. You know, it's like <laughs> one second I'm freezing. The next second, you know, it's it's too cold. It is quite literally ice and fire in <laughs> in, in this room. No no joke. So yeah, uh, right today today it's a cold day, but I'm sure it'll it'll warm up over here. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I mean, am I wearing my Game of Thrones bathrobe? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh, wow. Mm. That's cool. That's good. Yeah, it, it is. It's, what's weird, uh, uh, It's it's been kind of chilly here in, in late April uh, in, in Aren't Ohio you guys as well. snow? Yeah, we got snow a couple of days ago. So, you know, I, was, I went to George and I was like, George, you were right. You were right. Winter doesn't just, it's not just coming, it's here to stay. All right, so... Uh, yeah. So, hey, and speaking of George, our good friend, George Martin, um, I mean, he's still writing. He is still writing, man. On his blog, this happened last week, April 14th. I think that was Tuesday. He said, no big news here. But it has been a week or so since my last vlog post. See, Ez never reads these these posts. Jeez. I just like to read them to him to get his uh, reaction. <laughs> So I thought I would say hi. I am still up in the mountains doing the social distancing rag and writing winds of winter. I have good days and bad days, but I am making progress. No way. He said so that? He said, that's what he said, man. What day? When did um, he say that? Last week? This is last this is the last Tuesday. So let me see what else he said here. Because he, he did he did talk about some other stuff. So he said that that con that the um uh, Big conference, right? That he wanted to go and show everyone have Windows Winter in hand. It's gone right. viral or virtual. Um, so when is that conference? Is, uh, sometime in June, I think. Like, come on, George. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I've always been a fan of let the man write, let him do his right. thing. Well, here we go. Here we go. I, okay. I want to read. The, I want to read this part too. So he says Hollywood has largely closed down as well, at least as far as actual production is concerned. Um, if this pandemic goes on long enough, I wonder how if the pipeline will go dry and we'll start to run out of new films and television shows. If show, if so, sheltering in place is going to get uh, an order of magnitude harder. Te television right now is doing a lot to keep us all sane, and no, not the news, which has quite the opposite effect. But while nothing is being filmed right now, development is continuing uh, since writers can still write at home. The only thing I am writing myself is the winds of winter, as I have said many times. But with my producer's hat on, I am still involved in a number of exciting new shows for HBO and a few film projects as well. When and if any of these make it to screen, well, that's always the question. But I do know that Ryan Condal and his team are roaring ahead on the scripts of House of the Dragon. And that one has a full season order from HBO. As for other stuff I may or may not be involved in, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you all. And he has, I am writing, the word writing is bold and italicized, um, myself wow. is winds of winter. Wow. So he, here's what I here's here's what I learned from that. Number one, and I'm not mad about this. When you hear Sir Ezra say this again, I think it's fine. But what I heard was he will not have it in hand. 
at this <laughs> virtual thing. It's and that's okay. I think that's fine. This is the prep work he's doing to say, you know what? I just I looked ahead. You know, George looked ahead and he said, "No way. There's no way I can make it. I can't meet that deadline." And this won't be the first time. And that's how, okay. How many chapters do you think he has done? I think we've out seen of a, out of a probably <laughs> seven. Let, let's no, say let's say it's like the other books. It's like seventy-two chapters. How many chapters do you think he has done? I mean, maybe thirty or forty. What? I yeah. think he's way further along. You think so? I think he's at like sixty. Yeah, I maybe. Think- maybe, maybe. I I think if he were at sixty, I think we'd be getting things like I'm close. L- I let's think he'd be letting us. Know. I don't know about that. Let's just let's do some math here. So okay. So when did when did a when did the Dance of Dragons get published? I think it was 2011. So 2011. So it's been it's been at least nine years. Yeah. So really, you could almost say it's been ten years because you know right. he finished it and then it gets published and then whatever. Right. And right. So, Maybe it know. was 2010 okay. when he was done. Yeah. So he's had roughly a hundred. Let's just say a hundred and twenty months, right? Uh huh. So that means that he's writing at least at a pace slower than mm-hmm. a chapter a month. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. So how many months does it take him to write one chapter? Uh it looks like it's about two. <laughs> about two. I mean, so that's where. Like, I know what you're saying, which is like, so you're saying if he's only at like you know thirty or forty, we may have years left and i'm i'm thinking maybe it may be 20 <laughs> maybe 2021 uh you know we may push it back 2025 to, i don't know i and again we're just i i again kind of joking he i mean i he gets this from people all the time i say let him write it's a masterpiece let the man alone i wish he didn't feel this pressure you know, I know people would, would like they like getting updates and stuff, but now it's turned into people almost. I, he has to get a little resentful of this that people feel like they're entitled to this. And I know there's as the author, same thing Robert Jordan went through was there's a responsibility. I want my fans, I want people who like the series to know how it ends. Um, and they've been supporting me all this time. I feel like I you know I need to give that to them. So that's where Robert Jordan was like doing uh, recordings while he was, you know, uh, very sick and passing stuff along. So at least, I mean, here's the thing. Do you think (laughs) like once we get winds of winter, are we going to have to come back? Like, is it going to be, I mean, it could be another 10 to 15 years before we get the last book, right? Will there be a, a time way in the future where Dan and Dave have to come and tell everyone and reveal what was said like they've got recordings yeah, and notes it's, and, it's possible and and stuff where there's sort of like this is what george told us here's what his wife said here's i mean re- okay hold on i mean there's literally nothing else to do right now it's not like there's it's not no, like there's a, no. a convention you can go to it's not like there's you know some conference you can go to it's hard to travel on airlines right sir now. matt sir matt he is producing he's got his presu- his producer hat on okay and he is in talks with other writers. He's not writing, okay? But he does have his producer hat on. That, to me, was a clue that there ain't no way this is going to be in hand. I'm just going to make that one prediction. I hope to the seven, to the old gods, to whoever, that I am wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. And I would love... And actually, at some point, if you're George and you've got this done, if you're George and you've got this done, right... I would even just have a little fun with fans on your blog, right? And you start just messing around like, I'm still working on it. He may not. I mean, not that he, like, is he going to lie? I mean, he's 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 an author who has a bunch of unreliable narrators in his story. So, I don't know. I think, like, he's got to be close. And he's definitely been working on it. We've seen some some really good uh, preview chapters. So, and and they're so good that I'm just like, let, let the man finish. Let him do whatever he needs take his time george i don't even need an update like you just tell me when it's done and i'll go buy it and i'll read it and i'll consume it and i'll love it i'm sure that i will so that's where i'm at (sighs) i'm just let me just hold on (laughs) let me let me let me just i'm doing some digging here real quick i just i just want to i mean because if if you really put like if you say all right sir ezra i got to put you down here it's a yes or no you have to make a prediction is he going to have the book in hand by that con which i think is later this summer uh, or the end of the summer, maybe at the beginning of fall, even if they push that back a little bit, the answer is no. I don't think that he'll have it done, and that's okay. I think at the start of give it another con, whether it's a writer's um, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the the big writing convention that he goes to with authors and stuff, but that may be the one where he goes in and is able to, um, you know, let everyone know it's done. I've handed it in. It may be an extra six months past what we think, but I think we're within the realm of a year. It, with Right now, it's April 19th as we are recording. Uh, April 19th, 2020. That book, I get, I would put money down that it will be done within this next calendar year. 100% it's going to be done in the next calendar year and it's going to be turned in. That's what I think. But I don't think it's ready in the next couple months for that convention. To be published in 2020. Yeah, no way. No way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't even think he'll be able to say in 2020 it's finished. So, okay, so I'm finding some old interviews. So the, the strong so the strongest times so this uh and I'm 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 quoting Brendan Beefish here who runs another, you know, another podcast and yeah, it's kind yeah. of like the head of the Song of Ice and Fire Reddit, right? Yes. So he's like I I consider him almost like an insider, right? Yeah, he, he knows some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not us, but yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> himself, yeah. But he said on his Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, somebody asked him a question and they said, the, the, why did Gurr say that he on So I guess at some point Gurr in 2015, so said that 2014 or 2015, it would be out like that was like his honest biggest prediction. Right. Yeah. So if you go, yeah. if you go back. Uh, and so I guess that that is when Gurr has said that he has written, he wrote the most material was between 2014 and 2015 because he thought he would he would get it out before the book was over. Mm-hmm. So the question now is before the show was is, over. Yeah. Before the show was over. Yeah. So do you th- now I guess the question is is how, like again, how much of the content's done? How yeah. much is it, is he going back and totally rethinking because of reactions to the show? I'll be honest with you. Which he I- says doesn't influence him, but you know it does. I've read that before. I've read that he got a bulk of that done. And I was, uh, whether it was Radio Westeros or someone else, I, I had uh, listened in on their podcast and someone had conducted an interview with him or got a chance to ask a question. And he very much said that it was demor like he was, uh, what's what's the best word there? Like he lost his, mo- his motivation. I mean, when he realized the show was going to outpace him and that Dan and Dave wanted to have a meeting about what was coming next. And he realized Winds of Winter is not going to come out in time for these guys. And it's not going to come in, out in time for my for my viewers. They're going to get exposed to stuff in the show. He lost it. He, I mean, he didn't, he didn't lose it. But, like, he actually says somewhere, it's a, little, it's a little depressing. It's a little upsetting that I never thought they'd catch up like that. And so I think he lost his motivation to write. So then it was like, okay, let me shift my focus to helping these guys. You know, because he is, you know, uh, tied to this show. I mean, he's still like agreed to it and wants it to be good you want it to land you want fans to watch that and then go read the books that's what he wants i think it's it's cool he's been into tv and show writing for a long time so he he i think he wanted to help these guys really make this land and so fair enough i mean they went and uh, had their sit down meeting which is why we on youtube are theorizing about everything that they said back during those meetings in santa fe and and new york and 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 what went down um but yeah, I think he lost it. And I think he lost his motivation to, to write. And maybe a couple of years went by where he didn't write much. And now there is no pressure. The show is over. It is done. And we're not someone who's saying that he's changing his writing, uh, you know, to, to fit the TV show. He's definitely not doing that. But is he influenced by it? Maybe to some degree. You're influenced by everything that kind of happens around you and in the world that you live in. And But he's outlined stuff that those outlines have been there, as you said, since 2014 and 15, things that he shared uh, with Dana Dave or things that he had. The story is already halfway, I would say, done, at least. And so now it's like we're, the show's over. Maybe he's kicked it up a notch and he's, he's done a lot of uh, you know writing during this time period. And that's okay, I think. So the show ended back in 2019, right? So it ended and he's had not even really about a year. He's had about a year, maybe just under, to, to write since the show has ended. So I say give him a little bit longer and then he'll and then we'll have this done. I don't think uh, we can expect it to be finished in, in, in 2020, but I hope I'm wrong. Oh, well, see, I do. I do think we can expect it. It's about time. Get some optimism. <laughs> I do think we can expect it. <laughs> Uh, I I literally I I you know I just expect every day I'm going to see that tweet. It is done. 
Dude, I'll lose my mind. I will lose my mind when that happens. And I hope it's in what if what he should he should have done an April Fool's joke and just like said it is done and then had like a picture of like a well done steak or something. Right, you know right. I mean? But right. just so everyone's scrolling and they see like oh, it my. is done. It's just like ah, like he 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 should have he should have. Yeah, I I hope to God that he doesn't just you know, uh, you know, tweet out and he says you know at Sir Ezra screw you it's done in 2020. <laughs> Mm, right. Actually, that'd be great, to be honest, if he did right. that. But I don't know, man. I, I think uh, if, what I'm kind of saying is if he needs more time to get this done, he's got the motivation to write it and the juices are flowing, go for it. And and, and hopefully those other shows that he's producing and working on. Uh, and, and I get and people will criticize him for that. But that's what you're passionate about. Then do it. I mean, if you're into show writing and, and you like working on those shows and being involved in that and that's what makes you happy and stuff like that, then I, I'm, I'm all for it. And whenever he decides that he wants to shift back and really work on Winds of Winter, he will do that. And that will be, that will be the time that we want him to do that. We don't want him writing the series when he's not happy or he's, you know, not motivated or the, or the, the creative juices aren't flowing. You know, you want your writer at his best and he knows that. And so does his team. So, you know, yeah, I think he needed a break. I think he needed a break when, when he realized that everything was passing him by and uh, he's had some time to sit and think and, and, uh, and now he's got some time to, to write. So, yeah, crazy. Well, yeah. we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's go and dive on over to the reread today. We are into chapter uh, 19 Aria five. So last week we were with Sansa Sansa two. Uh, in response to a secret note, Sansa takes advantage of a ruckus outside of the Red Keep to sneak to the Godswood, where she is disappointed to find to find Dantas Hollard instead of the dashing knight she prayed for. Nevertheless, Dantas says he has a plan to help her escape and take her home. On the way back, Sansa runs into a drunken Sandor Clegane who escorts her back to her chambers. Uh, last time we were with Arya, Arya and the others decided to spend the night in the holdfast of an abandoned tower on the southern shores of the God's Eye. That night, Lannister raiders, led by Sir Armory Lork, arrive to demand and that they open the gate. When Yorin refuses, a fight breaks out and the battle turns against them. Yorin orders Arya and the other survivors to get through an escape tunnel in the burning barn. Before escaping, Arya throws an axe to the three criminals trapped in their wagon. This week, Arya 5. On their way to scout a village, Gendry unmasks Arya as a girl, forcing her to reveal her true identity. The village turns out to be occupied by Sir Gregor Clegane and his men, and Gendry is captured. During a rescue attempt, Hot Pie panics, leading to Arya's capture as well. Later, a spearman kills Lamy rather than carrying him, leading to one of Sir Matt's favorite quotes in the show when Arya <laughs> and... So, and the hound are together at the uh, inn at the crossroads, and the hound simply asks, "What the f- is a lami?" <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the hound definitely summing it up for us there. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's heartbreaking what happens to him. Well, it's really it's really more neck piercing what happens to him than heartbreaking. But Come on. okay, there we go. <laughs> all right. Okay, there we go. All right, here we go. When she climbed all the way up to the highest branch, Arya could see the chimney poking through the trees, thatched roofs clustering along the shore of the lake in the small stream that emptied into it. And a wooden pier jutted out into the water beside a low, long building with a slate roof. She skinned farther out until the branch began to sag under her weight. No boats were tied to the pier, but she could see thin tendrils of smoke rising from some of the chimneys and part of the wagon jutting out behind a stable. Someone's there. Arya chewed her lip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. they're on their own now, which is really kind of uh, the big kind of takeaway here early, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're on their own. I mean, we we had uh, last time, as you say, Yoren and others uh, were, were fighting for their lives. Um this is, and it's not to be, uh, I don't want to, you know, skip over this, like, like the whole idea that they're going from village to village, place to place, sept to sept, and they're gone, people are gone, and this is, they're, they're burning as they go, it doesn't matter at all, I mean, the Night's Watch doesn't take, take part, but it didn't matter, I mean, even, and that is something that Yorin knows, uh, when he sees Lorch, right, he's not going to let him in, because they're going to kill us anyways, this is, we've seen that path, uh, they've been ki- killing women and children. 
Uh, you've got Weasel in the group who, you know, was crying for so long and, and now, you know, it's just this uh, orphan uh, because of the warfare that's going on. So, yeah, it's it's terrible and it's it's a bad situation to be in and they've got to get out of this region uh, quick if they if they can try to avoid all of this. There's there's no yielding, as they say. That's the big thing. You cannot yield. It's not going to work. It doesn't matter. So hot pie and lamia, that's all they want to do, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, you look at this next line here. All the other places they'd come upon had been empty and desolate. Farms, villages, castles, septs, barns, it made no matter. If it could burn, the Lannisters had burned it. If it could die, they'd killed it. They had even set the woods ablaze where they could, though the leaves were still green and wet from the recent rains and the fires had not spread. They would have burned the lake if they could have, Gendry had said, and Arya knew he was right. On the night of their escape, the flames of the burning town had shimmered so brightly on the water that it had seemed that the lake was a fire. Which is interesting because you could take that and kind of zoom way ahead when uh, mm-hmm. there's wildfire in, in Blackwater Bay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's also too, the God's eye is huge. You kind of mm-hmm. get that. And it's, it's as a, like a, a description later on too, where, where when they see it again, it, it's, it's big. It's a huge lake, uh, if not a, like a little sea. I mean, there's, there's this, you know, you can take, they wanted to take boats all the way across and use long poles to keep close to the, to the shore and, and try to make it. It would maybe uh, push them on ahead of the Lannister forces, but yeah, it's, it's massive and it's mysterious. So we just got to keep all of that in mind as we work our way around it and work up towards Hall. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay. Yeah. So after that, you know, they, they keep coming across, uh, they're just talking about every place they come across, you know, people have been killed. They killed everyone. He said, and the dogs have been at them too. look or wolves, dogs, wolves. It makes no matter. It's done here. But Arya would not leave until they found Yorin. They could have killed him, she told herself. It was too hard and tough, and a brother of the Night's Watch. He was too hard and too tough, and a brother of the Night's Watch besides. She said as much to Gendry as they searched among the corpses. Mm -hmm. The axe blow that had killed him had split his skull apart, but the great tangled beard could be no one else's. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, you can see the respect that Arya has for Yorin. She comes back, and he's the only one who we're going to at least take time to, to bury him. Uh, he rescued, he saved her, and he was trying to return her back to Winterfell. And he was doing this for Eddard Stark. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we owe him some respect. And he's he's a veteran. It's It's got kind of, um, I mean, he takes out a lot of guys with him. But, but ultimately, he holds people off, draws the Lannister forces in on himself, and, and allows these youngsters to escape. So... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting to think about. Um, I know we don't actually, at least I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, you know, if this had happened in a different time, not, you know, an, under a war of five kings, but uh, what the penalty is for killing somebody of the Night's Watch, right? Because yeah. if you were to kill, say, somebody who is a member of the Night's Watch in, in a situation like this, I don't think that you could then go take the black. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good good. Yeah, that's, I that's, mean, what's how's that gonna work? You know, what right? I mean? Like, like, right, what's that right. gonna? I mean, you just. I mean, it's just probably death. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that there's that. What? Well, yeah, because typically that's the idea is that those men are up there and they're not involved in conflicts like this, and they. That's why Yorin is able to traverse. I mean, if he's killed by accident or if it's something like that, it's 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 different, whatever. If it's a hunting accident or but this is a straight up like you he announced himself as a member of the Night's Watch and these were recruits headed to Castle Black. So uh yeah, yeah. I think I think the idea is that you would just get the king's justice and that would be uh whether you're going into the cells or you're gonna get the noose or you're gonna, you know be killed in some way yeah yeah because yeah i don't think yeah you'd be able to take the black and so uh just yeah just kind of interesting to, uh to think about so um we have Arya kind of lamenting over you know Yorin's death right you know he was gonna take me home she thought as they dug the old man's hole there were too many dead to bury them all but Yorin was a Yorin at least must have a grave as sir esther said uh Arya had insisted he was going to bring me safe to winterfell he promised part of her wanted to cry the other per the other part wanted to kick him 
Uh, it was Gendry who thought of the Lord's Tower House and of the three that Yorn had sent to hold it. They had come under attack as well, but the Round Tower had only one entry, a second-story door reached by a ladder. Once that had been pulled inside, Sir Armory's men could not get at them. The Lannisters had piled brush around the tower's base and set it afire, but the stone would not burn, and Lork did not have the patience to starve them out. So, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of going over what had happened last time, right? Like, uh, just kind of, yeah. you know, Yorn doing the right thing. Hey, go, go get in there. Absolutely, yeah, and, he, and he's able to send some of the youngsters away. Uh, these three guys are, are holding that tower. Uh, with the stone, they weren't able to, to burn them out whatever they they outlast these guys and so it's cut jack um uh kurz and 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 tarber uh i think it's it's kurz who decides right that they're going to go north and Arya's got that hope that okay we may still get to winterfell i thought it was interesting like cut jack and and tarber are still alive and Mm -hmm. they end up leaving the group we don't know where they go or, or or what they do um like if if uh, if Kurz would have lived, like maybe he would have tried to keep everyone together and protected them, but the other two sort of see that you know what's going on with Lamy, the slow progress they're making, feeding these these other individuals, and it may just be that like they're better off on their own, so so they take off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. And after that, um. They're talking about you know some of the places you know they could go right you know to the east the God's Eye was a short it was a sheet of sun hammered blue that filled half the world you know so that's like hey maybe we could kind of head that way right mm-hmm. um you know where where's really the where, where's really the you know the next the next place to go um, yep. yeah from up here she could see a small wooded island off to the northeast thirty yards from shore three black swans were gliding over the water so serene no one had told them the war had come and they caught. And they cared um, northing for a building towns and butchered men. She st- uh, she stared at them with yearning. Part of her wanted to be a swan. The other part had wa- the other part wanted to eat one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's just it's yeah just out there kind of uh, you know this is kind of Arya's character a lot for the next little bit right just what it's like to be out on the lamb right you know on the on the run kind of just traversing over the 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 riverlands. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, um, yeah. And, and so she's looking ahead, trying to figure out, I just want to note too, she looked ahead and she saw one of those, as you say, those black swans. And when she looks at the village, it's, it's, uh, full of crows. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's with, supposedly she was with crows, you know, who were on their way to, um, to join the night's watch. And then we've also got this whole idea that, that crows and ravens are being used by our good friend, blood Raven. Uh, so we've got eyes everywhere. Um, but I also want to point out that those guys, I, I was thinking about this when we read this chapter today, because we end up losing track of some people. Um, Cut Jack, Tarber, and uh, Weasel, actually, in this in this chapter. We don't ever learn much about those characters later on in the series. And I'm interested in, as we do sort of a reread here, thinking about what Arya, when she comes back, will she interact with these individuals or will they show up you know, later on? She often thinks of, of these people who left and where did they go? What happened to Weasel? You know, the, the, the crying girl. Um, like, did she grow? Is she, is she growing up a little bit? Is she going to have some role to play later on? All that kind of stuff just makes you think. Are those the types of characters that may be woven back in here? And is that what is keeping George Martin from finishing this whole series? <laughs> but like, I mean, hey, you, you, there's yeah, so you, many. You never like, know. you just never know. I mean, like, like these, these people who, who could maybe, um, uh, because we, okay, let's, fa- let's flash forward here. There, there's a conversation that happens in a little bit with Arya and, and Gendry and where it's revealed, right. That she is, uh, you know, that, that if she, she's a girl. Okay. Um, and she's, she's not a boy and she can't put on her britches and prove it. So there you go. Um, according to Gendry, that's how she would have to do it. And they talk about weasel always, always running after them and sneaking up on them. And so I was thinking like, did did Weasel get away from Hot Pie? Like, is she listening in? Does she know who Arya truly is? And is she someone who later on, you know, can kind of, you know, validate who she, you know, that that kind of thing. You start to think, you know, who overheard this conversation and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. So that's why I thought of Weasel just there for a little bit. But 
yeah, so so that conversation is pretty pretty cool. It's actually a, a neat conversation where uh, now that we're in a smaller group of people, it's very everyone's actions are amplified, and we're able to see what these other characters are doing. And and Arya is acting when she goes to the bathroom like she's not acting like the other boys, and right. it, it doesn't take Gendry very long to figure out what's up. Yeah, exactly. And we're pretty much right there. So I'll go ahead and pull it. You know, um, they're talking about Weasel and she says, you know, she's no use. Gendry repeated stubbornly her and Hot Pie and Lamy. They're slowing us down and they're going to get us killed. You're uh, the only one of the bunch who's good at anything, even if you're a girl. Arya froze in her steps. I'm not a girl. Yes, you are. Do you think I'm as stupid as they are? No, you're stupider. The Night's Watch doesn't take girls. Everyone knows that. That's true. I don't know why Yorin brought you, but he must have some reason you're still a girl. I am not. He said, then pull out your, and, you know, take, you know, relieve yourself, right? Uh, she says, I don't need to. Uh, if I wanted to, I could. You know, he says, then you, you can't take it out because you don't have one. I've never noticed before when there were 30 of us, but when you always go off into the woods to make your water, you don't see Hot Pie doing that, nor me neither. If you're not a girl, then you must be some eunuch, right? Right. I mean, the... I mean, then, you know, you're not the eunuch, you know, uh, you're the eunuch, you know, I'm not, you want me to pull it out and prove it. I mean, like, right, right. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, there. I mean, there's Robert Brathian's son uh, through, yeah, you're right. <laughs> through yeah. and through. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, re- and remember, he's about I think it says in this chapter, he's about five years older than her um, at this point. So. So, yeah, he's he's kind of in charge and, and he's realizing, too, like we've got hot pie who not worth much. Lamy is hurt real bad and their, their, their progress is super slow. He actually says to her, I think Lamy's dying and we should just right. leave Lamy. I mean, if anything, you could just take hot pie and say, look, I'm sorry, we gotta, we have to roll. And that is probably what cut Jack, uh, figured out and said, you know what? It's time to go. I, I these th- like, you know, I mean, they're going to slow us down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's that. And then once she realizes there's no way to, you know, contradict him and she can't change his mind about it. And that the, that this is all it's out in the open now, you know, she's a girl. Um, she decides to tell him the whole truth and to tell him right. who she is. And yeah. that's a shocker. His reaction yeah. to that, like the stammering, the sort of, uh, you know, like, what, uh, what, uh, is, is pretty, it's pretty funny just because you imagine she's not just a girl. She's not just any girl. She, she's high born and, and she's a lady possibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Arya, she raised her eyes to his. My name is Arya of House Stark. You know, of House. It took him a moment before he said the king's hand was named Stark, the one they killed as a traitor. He was never a traitor. He was my father. Gendry's eyes widened. So that's why you thought, yeah, Yorin was taking me home to Winterfell. You're you're a highborn lady. Then you'll be lady. Yeah, Arya looks down. Um, you know, and then that's kind of how the conversation, you know, then he starts saying, you know, I beg, I beg your pardon. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, I know my curtsies, you know, like right, when high right. girls came into the shop with their fathers. My master told me I was to bend the knee. Let's go yeah. uh, and speak only when they spoke to me and call them milady. Um, he says, if you start calling me milady, even hot pie is going to notice and you better keep on, you know, peeing the same way too. Uh, as my lady commands, Arya slams his chest with both hams. What kind of lord's daughter are you? He says, laughing. This kind. She kicked him in the side, but it only made him laugh harder. You'll laugh all you like. I'm going to see who's in this village. You know, that's then that's where we're that's where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's the moment where, you know, he realizes, OK, even though now she's told me this about herself, she's still acting the same way, still talking to me the same way. And oh, and also don't treat me differently. Otherwise, people are going to know. And that that lands that that sinks in, and then she's kicking him, and he's still kind of laughing just because he's like, "This is crazy," you know. This is this. She doesn't act at all like a uh, a highborn lady should or would, and I think it's sort of what makes him like her more. I think it's why he, you know, um, he 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 already thought she was useful, smart, cunning, uh, and, and various things. They talk about her ability to sneak without people realizing that she's there. So uh, yeah, yeah. But now back to the task at hand, though. They're they're headed towards this village. And they, they discover uh, corpses, these bodies everywhere, and, and people yeah. who have been hung and stuff. And they talk about so, the stench, too. At first, they think it's dead fish, and they're like, oh, no, it's dead men. That's what it is. Right. right. And it's that, that's, again, another moment where Arya is developing, right? So she go back to Yorin and the death there. She, she said, nope, I, I just smelled that not too long ago. I know that what this is. This is death. Uh, this is men, people who have been rotting and dying. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Fear cuts deeper than sword. Dead men could not hurt her, but whoever had killed them could. Uh, well beyond the uh, gibbet, two men and male uh, halbergs stood leaning on their spears in the in front of the long, low building by the water with one uh, the one with the slate roof. A pair of tall poles had been driven into the muddy ground in front of it, banners drooping from each staff. One looked red and one uh, paler, white or yellow maybe, but both were limp and... Um, and with the dusk setting, she could not even be certain that one of them was the Lannister Crimson. I don't need to see the lion. I can see all the dead people. Who else would it be but the Lannisters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's that's who we have here. And this is where we're going to uh, kind of get introduced to Sir Gregor and his his men and the craziness that's going on. All of this, uh, you know, the mountain is um, he's crazy and and Lannisters have, have loosed him. And it's creating a lot of fear, and and it's it's I think it's you know again it's one of their tactics right they're trying to get these lesser lords to submit and maybe to not back King Rob and so he's got his own task which even the resources too you think about if we can't hold these places let's at least consume the resources which might hurt King Rob's forces later on if they do if this war continues and they move you know further south or try to um, you know gain so, like access to supply lines or, or whatever. I mean, so this is all work. This is where I think Tywin is thinking ahead, thinking a couple steps ahead. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, uh, well, they have Gendry, right? I mean, that's the thing. Uh, Arya sees him. Arya saw the horns. She knew it was Gendry. You stupid, 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 she thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if if he'd been here, she would have kicked him again. So the guards are talking loudly, or loud, excuse me, because they have Gendry. Um, they shove him inside with the boy um, and barred the doors behind them. Um, you know, it didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was that they had Gendry, even if he was stubborn and stupid, she had to get him out. She wondered why she wondered if they knew that the queen wanted him. Uh, right. So she's yeah. kind of looking in, seeing, is there any way I can, I can get in here. Right. Right. So she watches, she's keeping, keeping an eye out. And again, you know, she's stealthy. She's able to avoid detection and stuff. And Gendry just makes a, uh, you know, a, a bad call. Uh, she goes back to Hot Pie to see if he can help. <laughs> uh, and, you know, basically she sees, she sees a way in which there's only a couple guards that they would have to kill. Just two guards. You know, I need to just, you kill one, I'll kill the other <laughs> type of thing. And this is where we're back to yielding. Lamy just like, we got to yield, guys. Just whatever. It's okay. Just leave Gendry. It's fine. Um, but they, they, she points out to Lamy, who's going to carry you? No one. I mean, no, we, we can't do it on our own. We wouldn't get more than, you know a few hundred feet and we'd be done. You know, that's, that's it. You know, so we, we need, we need him. And plus she wants to go. It's the right thing to do to try to go save him. And she's worried about what maybe the queen does want to acquire from him or, or what have you. And he doesn't know. Remember, that's the thing. They're swapping secrets and she's just sort of like, so what's yours? And he's like, I've got no idea really. You know, he, he knows that the hand came to visit him and take a look at him. So there's a clue. Uh, now he's with the hand's daughter. So he's maybe can start to kind of put pieces together, but he doesn't know exactly what they want. Yeah, exactly. So they decide, uh, okay, so they are, they're going to try and go do this. Arya has got needle out. They're going to try and go, um, <laughs> take some people out and immediately hot pie leaps to his feet. I yield. Uh, he throws right. away his sword as a dozen of crows rose, uh, shrieking and complaining, uh, you know, fl- uh, to flap about the corpses, Arya grabbed his leg and tried to drag him back down, but he wrenched loose and ran forward, waving his arms. I yield, I yield. She bounced up and drew needle, but by then men were all around her. Arya slashed at the nearest, but he blocked her with his steel-clad arm, and someone else slammed her, uh, slammed into her and dragged and dragged her to the ground. Right. So you know they're like, oh, a fierce one, right? Is what they're you know they're talking about, and they take needle. Which mm-hmm. is kind of the, the the big thing here. So, uh, you see, Hot Pie is kneeling uh, before the tallest man Arya had ever seen—a monster from one of Old Nan's stories. She never saw um, where the giant had come from. Three black dogs raced across his faded yellow surcoat. Suddenly, Arya knew where she had seen those dogs before—the night of the tourney at King's Landing. This one belongs to the Hound's brother, right? They call him the Mountain That Rides. Uh, so as they're uh, doing that, you know, they, they found Lamy where they'd left him under the oak. I yield, he called out. I yield, please. Uh, you know, she says, the man with the torch searched around under the trees. Are you the last? Uh, Baker Boy said there was a girl. She ran off 
when she heard you coming. Lamy said, you made a lot of noise, and Arya thought, run, Weasel, run as fast and as far as you can, and hide and never come back. And that's really, the, we don't see Weasel again. Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. We, I, I, it's interesting to think what happens to her, and, and I mean, Arya thinks about her uh, with the wave later on, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, tell us where we can find uh, Dondarrion, and there'll be a hot meal in it for you. Who said Lamy blankly? I told you this lot. We don't need uh, no more of those in you know uh, what in the village. Waste of bloody time. One of the spearmen drifted over to Lamy. Something wrong with your leg, boy? It got hurt. Can you walk? He sounded concerned. No, said Lamy. You got to carry me. Think so. And then the man lifted a spear casually and drove it through his throat. Ah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, it, so so. Yeah, Arya is just we've we've heard about this. I mean, we've seen some of this, and and if you look at what happened to the crying girl and to Weasel, and how much uh, she was affected, and and with her mother and everything, like it's uh, it's it's awful. You know, it's um, it's not something. Now we're seeing it hit sort of our our main characters here, one of our main characters, Arya, and really Gendry being captured, and then the treatment of these characters who we've known for a couple Arya chapters. Uh, they're, they're not spared and yielding does nothing, does no good to them or for them. Uh, Lamy's killed hot pie. Uh, he has, he doesn't have the information they need. Maybe he can bake and, and help to some degree, but it doesn't matter. We're in war. And the main thing they want is information on Beric Dondarrion, the brotherhood without banners. They want to know where he's at. That's the whole thing. The show gets that right too, where they're, where they're kind of, you know, torturing people for more information, trying to figure out where he's at. So this batch is, is less worried about Gendry uh, in his relationship to Robert Baratheon, you know, him being his bastard. And so it's it's more, these are Lannister men, not the gold cloaks. Uh, and, and really, he's just going to be this batch of, of uh, villagers or people that they come across that they want to know more about the Brotherhood Without Banners. And, and we're getting the perspective, too, um, from those who have been, I guess, maybe hurt by... Uh, the inability of the Lannisters to find the Brotherhood Without Banners. But then you, I think later on we're going to get the other perspective, which is what are the Brotherhood Without Banners doing? How much are they helping? And what are they keeping alive? What spirit are they able to kind of you know, keep alive? Because it's, it's like people are being tortured to find their whereabouts, and these people have no idea where they're at. But at the same time, they are helping um, people, and they are kind of fighting for, air quote, the king's justice, or uh, carrying out Eddard Stark's last um, order. So... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just and I just pulled it up because I wanted to make sure I, I was in the show. You know, Polliver is the man who man who kills Lamy and he does it with a needle instead of a, instead of a, a spear because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that makes it more, you know, that, that adds that kind of poetic nature yeah. to it when Arya kills him later with needle. Right. But yeah, yeah I did. I did want to make sure because I'm I don't remember it being a spear in the show. Yeah. He does it right. with a needle. Yeah. 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 And that probably hurts a little bit more because she lost it and it's hers and it was used against. Yeah. Yep, you can see that. Uh, yeah, so so Arya. I mean, here we go. We're gonna have to, you know, figure out what what to do. She's she's captured here, and this is where we get into some pretty interesting uh, stuff, and maybe some characters who we've met in the past will come back into play. We can talk about um, Jack and Hagar and, and and others who who are gonna show up later, and figure out how we're gonna get out of this. You know, how how do we save Gendry, save ourselves, and and what what are we gonna do with Hot Pie? <laughs> exactly exactly so it'll hop by uh all right well uh as we do have a raven uh today yeah. this is from lady shannon um she says hello good sirs i trust that you are faring well during these crazy times i fell hard into a rabbit hole after watching your videos about sorella sand webs like this are what make game of thrones such an amazing story while in full research mode i stumbled into a different rabbit hole that i was wondering if either of you have ever looked into it has to do with the letter that liza sends to catelyn way back in the first book the book differs from the show in that the letter apparently appears to be dropped off in the maester's chambers in a wooden box no one knows how it got there I'm assuming Littlefinger because he seems to be behind everything, uh, everything else, if not, uh, but if not who, if not him, who. The letter plays a huge part in the future. If you end up falling into this rabbit hole, bring snacks. I might be here a while. Uh, well wishes from Ontario, Canada, where winter is coming every day. Blizzards in April during quarantine are just mean. Sending positive vibes to all. Wish you, or wash your hands after, after and stay safe 
uh, stay stay very safe, Lady Shannon. Yeah, thank you, Lady Shannon. That's awesome, and and we hope you're doing well uh, up there and and, uh, and and staying safe as well. So this uh, this was cool. I, I hadn't really thought much about this, and it takes you all the way back to the beginning. Uh, key things to remember about this this letter that Lysa sent. It was in a box, and it was hand. It was it was delivered on foot, right? It's not. I mean, there's there's no raven who's got strings attached to a wooden box who's carrying it over a long distance right you know it appears uh mr lewin says and i guess either he was sleeping or he doesn't really know none of his servants know how the box appeared but there it is uh i think catlin talks about i'm pretty sure and maybe i'm mixing show and book here but she talks about the language that she and lisa have this communication Mm -hmm. that they've had and it's also mentioned that it would be death for for Lysa if this fell in the wrong hands you know because she's she's again pointing uh blame putting blame on the Lannisters for the killing of um you know Robert Aaron so what uh there there are a couple of theories about this and and I guess I'll go over a few of these a lot of people are of and again there's no uh real consensus on this no one really knows exactly how the letter does get there uh is is it somebody in robert's party because it seems like the letter was there again a few days before uh if not a week before robert shows up so did one of his writers write on ahead where there's scouts who came ahead uh and people think uh sir, sir mandon moore uh who is a member of the king's guard from the vale of Arryn, was appointed there or was a part of uh it was, was house was was close to house Arryn, and, and so mm-hmm. maybe you know, is is now in cahoots with, um, still in communication with with either Lysa or uh, Littlefinger through Lysa. You know what I mean? A lot of people will tell us. So I mentioned that character just because the, the main one that you have to kind of get to. There's two. Uh, is either Baelish, Littlefinger, is 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 behind it and has sent someone on ahead with this or has his spies or what have you, and they they make sure that this is. He gets the letter, gets the communication from Liza, and then sends it on ahead. It's something that they've pre-planned, and it's going to help make this decision to bring Eddard Stark into a dangerous situation. Baelish often says that when the Starks go south, they die, that they can't survive when they are south, uh, when they're not in the north. That That's just a thing. He mentions that uh, several times. He also maybe wants to get Catelyn Stark closer or remove Eddard Stark or what have you. It's just a way to get the Starks moving and get them out of the North and out of their comfort zone and into this Game of Thrones. Uh, the other big one is that it's uh, Maester Lewin, that Maester Lewin had something to do with this and that he, when he comes in and presents them with a letter, he, we don't know who delivered it, where it came from. It's in this box. It's given to uh, Catelyn and Eddard. And they had ju- people will, will point to the fact that he pulls on his collar two or three times he seems nervous he seems whatever but i think that's because they're naked i mean he walks in and like you know i mean they had just finished having intercourse so they're they're not uh you know he's 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 making excuses to leave and so people will have said well it looks like he's nervous maybe not even just about their their nakedness and people go back and forth on this because uh you know it's like he's he's interrupting something but it's very important maester lewin has seen uh, Catelyn Tully, Catelyn Stark, naked before and uh, mm-hmm. w- with her children. And why is this that big of a deal? It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Why is he freaking out so much? Because he walked in on them. You know, uh, like, is is it just that they had, were having an intimate moment, he interrupted that? Or is it that he's nervous about this whole thing because he's a part of some maester's plot? I don't really think Maester Lewin is, is involved in any plotting. But, Sir Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to. I'm actually doing some research here to see if there is any sort of um, other conspiracies going on. I mean, you know, we know that the letter really, though, uh, does contain some lies, right? Uh, in that, you know, oh, mm-hmm. John Aaron being killed by the Lannisters. We know that's not true. So it's possible that it was written. You know, we know it's well. It's Liza Aaron and. Littlefinger together probably wrote it. I mean, Littlefinger probably is really the one who told her what to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, you know, in, in in the letter. But as far as how it's, you know, then you consider how is it de- how is it delivered? I, 
yeah, I don't know that that does, that is where it gets it it gets a little a little interesting. I do think it's possible Littlefinger, but I don't well, think it, Littlefinger is there right at no at, right at right Bell. yeah. That that's where people say that uh, Sir Mandid Moore was a member of the Kingsguard and perhaps just his closeness with the Vale. Maybe he's under the influence of Peter Baelish, and and so he, they're using him to deliver this. But let me read a couple quotes from from that chapter just so for folks to think about and go down this rabbit hole. So uh, let's see, he shows up so. Previously, Catelyn describes Maester Lewin's robe and all of the things that he carries in his robe. Uh, here we go, quote, uh, With all that he kept hidden in his sleeves, Catelyn was surprised that Maester Lewin could lift his arms at all. Knowing what we know about the Maesters and their dislike of magic, it's not... Uh, it's, it's got uh, some people thinking that Maester Lewin is a part of some great uh, you know, agenda to bring down the Starks and to suppress their supernatural tendencies. All right, so that's, that's one of the ideas people think uh, Maester Lewin may be involved with. Uh, when he shows up and he brings this box to them, he says, My lord, uh, pardon for, for disturbing your rest. I have been left a message. Ned look uh, irritated. Been left by who? Has there been a writer? I was not told. There was no writer, my lord. Only a carved wooden box left on a table in my observatory while I napped. My servants saw no one, but it must have been brought by someone in the king's party. Um, we have no other visitors from the south. So he seems to be disturbed uh, by all of this, right? And and Maester Lewin seems to also be, you know, nervously kind of uh, teetering back and forth and, and pulling on his on his chain a little bit. So, yeah, he's fingering his collar, right? He's fingering that multiple times. It's this heavy chain that he wore around his neck and beneath his robe. So so yeah, it's it's just uh, he was sleeping and, and he didn't see it. You know, he didn't see anybody coming. Uh, you know, come in there and drop this off. So it has to be that Lysa knew someone in the party, right, in the king's party, uh, and orchestrated this. I mean, again, it was probably it probably be Baelish who who know, who knows who's all going to be in the party. But for this to fall in the wrong hands and for it to be that close to the Lannisters is pretty interesting. It had to be someone that you really trust because if this were to fall in the wrong hands, well, it's over. I mean, the, the, the game's up, right? Like, it, it just would take Sir, Sir Mandon to hand this over and say, Baelish gave this to me and wanted me to deliver it to, you know, Catelyn Stark, and they look at it, and it's her sister accusing the Lannisters of something, right? So that would have been death. I mean, that would have been bad for anyone involved. So it's, it's yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I get why right. it's sort of like you have to understand, you have to think about maybe who would be, uh, transporting this and who would be in the king's party that would be um, sly enough to to d- to pull it off without right without trying to read it without trying to mm-hmm. I mean yeah I mean you, you you certainly couldn't give it to anybody it needs to be somebody that you trust right and somebody mm-hmm. that's also going to be willing to kind of do something for you know somewhat secretly. Right. Um, and then, you know, well, there's no, there's certainly no characters that I can think of that we come across later that you feel like, oh, maybe. But then I don't know. You don't you look at. God, I mean, you look at characters just like prostitutes, right, that are in Baelish's employ, that he has his well, own kind of network. I mean, it could be somebody just somebody as simple as that. Yeah. Again, the assassination attempt. Right. So we have someone with a dagger. Right. So the dagger's always been a big deal. And someone attempts, you know, to. Uh, to, to, to go after Bran. Like, are those two connected? Is there someone, you know, what, why use that dagger? I mean, who's kind of working on behalf of Baelish there at, in like, like in the North, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that's something else to kind of consider. Is there someone like that, that you could just hire? Like, I don't know. It's, it, it's a lot though. It's a lot to think that, uh, that's a, that's a lot to trust somebody with, with that type of, thing so i mean again but baelish is you go back to that riddle that uh, Tyrion and, and Varys often talk about it's the idea that money has power there's power in money and that he has mm-hmm. the coin uh he's master of coin and he's able to with enough coinage he can get this done he can reward someone handsomely and they're good they're in his service and as long as they keep getting coin from him they're not going to disclose his secrets so yeah it's it's yeah. very you know I think he's involved to some degree. It's just who actually was the person who walked in there and put that down in Maester Lewin's study. 
So, and also, which of the of the of his servants, by the way, is not watching the door here and letting somebody walk in on Maester Lewin while he's asleep? That's yeah, the thing that's too. A, that that's where people kind of go. Really, you were asleep, and someone just walked into your study, and and you know, when there's the, when all of this activity is happening, it's probably one of the busier times. Unless he was just exhausted by the prep for the king's party or something, you know, maybe that's what it is. But it, it's interesting that this slips by him. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you, Lady uh, Shannon, for sending us uh, for sending us that. So uh, with that, as you know, just uh, some closing up stuff here. Uh, I did record a new mead, meat and cheese, posted a picture of it in the uh, Facebook group. We did apple cakes from the uh, Feast of Ice and Fire. So stay tuned for that on YouTube. As and I just recorded a Tom and Baratheon video. Stay tuned for that. As I think you have something. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you brought up the the um, the episode that you just did, the meat, meat and cheese, because I wanted to ask you guys. It, it's mentioned in this chapter, and I forgot. To, I totally forgot to bring this up. But uh, I'm, I'm either gonna. I'm waiting for you to, and I'm not sure if it's in the book or not, to cover the um, the almond or the 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 paste, like the almond mm-hmm. paste. And or what was it? What, what was the what was the nut that they they grinding? They're grinding up some nut here, and then the worms. I'm gonna start calling you yeah. worm breath, right? No, Come on, none when's, of that. None of that, that is in the, None <laughs> of that is in the book. I'm trying to think. Is there are some crazy things in the book? There's like um, there's like one. There's like some swan they eat where you have to really like ornately detail it. Really? Um, and when you, so they it, the book is it's split up into regions, right? So you have you know the wall, King's Landing, all that stuff. So you know we did Bowl of Brown, um, that's from King's Landing, and of course uh-huh. you know we're using modern tools like we used you know a KitchenAid last night, which you know they yeah. wouldn't obviously have used uh, then. And then you know we with kind of coronavirus going on right now, like you know we didn't have walnuts. It's like all right, well I'm not running to the store to go get walnuts because the whole idea with the apple cakes we made yesterday was like, well what do we have in our pantry that we can we can yeah. make right? Yeah. Um, so we use pecans instead, but I don't know. First of all, they're freaking delicious. <laughs> like, oh my God, they are also not keto at all. So <laughs> yeah. I cannot unfortunately have any more, but, um, yeah, they were really, really good. But yeah. So when you get down to the door and there's like some things that are like snake, oh you know, my like Yeti gosh. snake, and I'm not eating snake, right? No, please don't. I don't think I could talk to you anymore. I think I'd yeah. just be, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so yeah so anyway so stay tuned for that and then as and i did um part two of our we did a what is marcello baratheon's role going to be different in the show right um or in the book yeah. excuse me um, when's the winter so theory did, yeah when's the winter theory we did that on youtube and we just recorded uh one with tommen uh so we're going to keep that uh keep that going as well so just stay definitely stay tuned to look take a look out on our youtube because we have a lot of content going up there uh pretty regularly now so mm-hmm. yep yep absolutely so. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 20, Tyrion 5 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week. And remember that winter is coming.